With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now, a big week of Euro qualifying to wrap up and a bit of Premier League news as well. Spencer Pryor, like the Premier League, has the week off. And instead, we're joined by UK broadcaster and commentator John Roder. Afternoon to you, John. Off the subs bench, Emma. That's it. <laughs> uh, double the money, though, if you score the winner in the last minute, John. Uh, let's talk about uh, England. A brilliant start to the Euro qualifiers for Gareth Southgate's team. They got their first win in Italy since 1961. I, I had to read that three times before I believed it, to be honest. Uh, and then they backed it up with a 2-0 win over Ukraine at Wembley. Harry Kane on the score sheet in both fixtures, breaking Wayne Rooney's all-time England record. Really couldn't have gone any better for England. In terms of results, no. In terms of performances, it probably could have gone better. The second half against Italy wasn't uh, great from an England point of view. But then you've got to expect the European champions to try and come back, uh, given the first half that uh, performance that England have put in. I mean, it's 55 goals now for Harry Kane, two more than Wayne Rooney. The argument is now in this country, well, is he the greatest goal scorer of all time? And the counter-argument is that a lot of those are penalties. But, as we know... <laughs> penalties are pressure situations and you've got to do you've got to take them you've got to score them that penalty from Harry Kane from the World Cup is probably still somewhere <laughs> in orbit yeah. uh, above us you know and with I don't know what Brosky thinks of this but with with VAR now coming in if you're the penalty taker you've got to prepare for a significant delay before you actually take the spot kick now haven't you it's, it's not quite a case of right penalty awarded put the ball down smash it in you know, it could be two, maybe three minutes before you start to take the penalty. I mean, 55 goals in 82 international appearances is absolutely brilliant. He's saying today, incidentally, that he feels that getting 100 goals for England isn't impossible. He's only 29 years of age. Wow. He's got to get another 45. Um, yeah, it's mm. not impossible. It's in, improbable, I think is probably going to say. But yeah, it was, it was six points out of six. You can't do any better than that. Absolutely. Uh, you, you didn't take penalties, really, Broski, did you? I did, did you? At, the, uh, at the end, the last uh, year or two, I think. I took okay. a couple, yeah. Yeah. Never really had any of that. Um, and I'd, it may have affected me the longer a, a penalty. Um, you didn't you know, have the VAR, though, no, did you? You didn't, but there were some times where there was a, you know, someone might have been lying down in the box because of you yeah. know, yeah. how bad the, the penalty decision was. But. I don't remember every, I was always nervous, regardless whether it was a quick <laughs> penalty or a, a minute delay. For me, it was yeah, the same. Right. Go on, Broski. Anyway, John, uh, Jude Bellingham was outstanding um, as well. Look, I mean, we've seen Jordan Henderson buttering him up and, and telling Liverpool to sign him. Do you think he will be in the Premier League next season? It's highly probable, isn't it? Yeah, as to where he goes. Um, Liverpool will be a good fit. I mean, City have obviously got all the money, haven't they? Yeah. Um, it doesn't really. It doesn't really matter where he goes. He's a class player, mm. and I mean, there are there are England watchers of many years who are basically saying that he is the best young prospect that they have ever seen, and it's hard to disagree with that, isn't it? Mm. 
Well, I would say Phil Foden, obviously being a little bit biased, but uh, <laughs> given that he's out with an appendix problem at the moment, we probably won't be seeing him for some time. But I agree, I think he probably will be in the Premier League next season. Wouldn't be surprised if if Liverpool try and throw as much money as they can to get him because he's the sort of player that Liverpool That's need right. That's right. at the moment. Uh, from the other side of uh, the tape, John, the Italian press rather scathing of their performance against England after that loss. Uh, they should still qualify, though, shouldn't they, through a group of North Macedonia. Money they've caused some problems for Italy in the past. Uh, Ukraine and Malta, who they beat 2-0 on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, they're the reigning European champions, but they haven't reached the last two World Cup finals, have they? And if they, if they weren't to reach this European championship, it would be, well, catastrophic for Roberto Mancini. Let's bear in mind the qualification process for these European qualifiers. Uh, the groups, there are three groups of six, seven groups of five. The top two from each group go through. So with those five teams that you've just listed, Simon, I mean, basically, it should be Italy and England, shouldn't yeah. it? Mm. Yeah, yeah, it should be. Um, the other big result across the continent, John, was uh, the World Cup finalist France thumping the Dutch by four goals to nil. Kylian Mbappe at his mercurial best once again with the skipper's armband scoring twice. Uh, and then then back that up by beating the Irish on Tuesday morning, our time. Do, do you think Les Bleus are the favourites for the Euros that are, of course, going to be hosted in Germany next year? Um, they've got to be among the favourites, haven't mm. they? I mean, it's, it's quite interesting you say, oh, they beat the Republic of Ireland last night. They almost didn't. It was a fantastic goal from Benjamin Pavard for France. But uh, Mike Magnon, who's now the first-choice goalkeeper for France following the international retirement of Hugo Lloris, an outstanding save very late in that game to prevent a Republic of Ireland equaliser. If anyone's not seen it online, try and try and look for it. It is absolutely, we, we, we throw words like world class around just too often for my liking. But this was an absolutely world class save from Manion and it earned them three points. I mean, I think along with France, England, Germany, the hosts, Portugal, I think could be a good one. We'll talk more about Portugal, I'm sure, in, in, in a moment. And if Italy get there, they're the defending champions. Yeah. Why not? And Denmark, I mean, we, we saw a shock result in Astana with Denmark uh, leading 2-0 uh, late in the second half and then falling 3-2 in the end to Kazakhstan. I mean, we, we watched them at the World Cup. They were poor against Australia. But what has happened to them? Well, they imploded in that match. They absolutely imploded. They were very much on top. Rasmus Hoyland. They put them two up. Now, he's with Atalanta in Italy. I guarantee you he won't be with them for very much longer because he got a hat-trick in their opening Group H fixture when they beat uh, Finland. So they were 2-0 up, cruising. But then there was a penalty, a controversial penalty, and Denmark just folded. And Kazakhstan, ranked at 115th in the world, scored three goals in the last 17 minutes, a very late goal to make it 3-2, and a big, big shock in that group. But... Denmark should still make it to uh, the finals in Germany next year. But yeah, that's not a good result at all. No, it's difficult to know what's happened with uh, Denmark. Um, I was in the stadium that day when they lost to Australia and I was, I was absolutely mystified by how bad they were. I, I just expected them to up it at any stage during the game and they just couldn't. Um, you said we'd talk a bit, a bit more about Portugal. Cristiano Ronaldo has broken the record for men's international caps this week, 198. And 122 international goals, which is extraordinary, really. Uh, Portugal scoring comfortable wins over Liechtenstein and Luxembourg. Um, do you think this European Championship will be uh, Cristiano's 
final hurrah. He's not going to be able to win the World Cup. I think he's going to be too old, although you never know with Cristiano in, in four well, years' yeah, time. But uh, certainly the Euros are within range for him, given that he's still playing for Al Nasser. Uh, he'll want to go out with a bang, won't he? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because Portugal have a new coach, Roberto Martinez, who left his job as Belgium coach after the uh, World Cup. If there was a logical time for Portugal to dispense with the services of Cristiano Ronaldo, it was surely before this round of qualifying fixtures started. New coach, he's now playing in Saudi Arabia, not the same level, but he he is actually looking at it. He looks to be a lot, lot fitter than he was in his last few months at Manchester United. Um, And Roberto Martinez has probably played the sensible card. You're the new coach. And if your first decision is to get rid of the talisman, the greatest player that your team has ever produced, that doesn't exactly win you many friends does it in 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 Portugal it might win you a few but you know he couldn't really take that decision I mean it would have really handicapped Martinez as as a coach I mean Cristiano Ronaldo I've had the privilege of seeing him many many times in the flesh including that wonderful game in Sochi at the 2018 World Cup 3-3 against Spain where he got a hat-trick um yeah he could go on he could go on to the next World Cup let's face it Zlatan Ibrahimovic played for Sweden Mm. And for a while, he was the oldest player to play in a European Championship qualifying match. Now, you'd think that a record like that, he'd really want to hold on to it. He held on to it for one day. It was a player <laughs> from Gibraltar. A player from Gibraltar who, who was older, who, who played the next day. Oh, brilliant. Um, challenges in Portugal's group, Slovakia. Uh, they defeated Bosnia-Herzegovina 2-0. The opener scored by Sydney FC's Robert Mack. If you've not seen it, it's an absolutely brilliant goal from uh, long range. And some big games coming up uh, Tuesday evening, your time, John. Turkey, Croatia and Scotland against Spain at Hampden Park. But I want to ask you before we let you go uh, about the big news in the English Premier League, and that is Antonio Conte sacked by Tottenham. I guess it's... No real surprise after that uh, extraordinary press conference a week or two ago. But does he have a point about the club in general being, you know, unsuccessful because uh, things do not change? What is the definition of madness? Trying the same thing (laughs) again and again and expecting a different result. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was always going to go. It was always a question of exactly when. Uh, they actually announced it about 9pm uh, Sunday evening, uh, UK time, which was an interesting time to to reveal that he, he, he was going. Um, yeah, look how many managers Tottenham have had. What is interesting is that they have gone for his assistant, who apparently is very popular with the players, um, until the end of the season. Had they had a replacement already lined up, i.e. maybe the return of Maurizio Pochettino or somebody like that, he would have been installed by now. Mm. So they haven't actually, I think, got an actual replacement lined up. Julian Nagelsmann has left Bayern Munich. It's going to be quite a merry-go-round of coaches uh, in Europe over the summer. Yet you mentioned the Premier League is back. Big game is your team, Manchester City, against Liverpool. That's the first game of the weekend. Yes. Uh, City oh, still eight God. points behind <laughs> Arsenal. But we've got some other interesting games at the other end of the table in the Premier League. I mean, Crystal Palace now under the very youthful 75-year-old Roy Hodgson. They're <laughs> taking on uh, Leicester. Um, you know, two teams in, in trouble. And then Sunday, we've got another troubling game with two teams in trouble. West Ham against Southampton. And then an intriguing game again. Fifth place, Newcastle. Third place, Manchester United. Yeah. That could be quite a game. 
And Arsenal against Leeds. You'd fancy that Arsenal can get the three points there. We have to beat Liverpool on Saturday. Um, John, the clock has beaten us, unfortunately. Thank you so much for joining us uh, today. Really appreciate it. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, Good on you, John. Enjoy the football this weekend with the Premier League being back. Those games again, Saturday night, Sunday morning, Man City, Liverpool, 10.30pm our time. Uh, Arsenal leads at 1.00. Uh, Chelsea versus Aston Villa, 2.30am kickoff. That's on Sunday morning. Then Sunday night, Monday morning, West Ham, Southampton, the early game. Newcastle, Man United, 1.30am kickoff. These are all Eastern, of course, if you're in the West. And then Tuesday morning, Everton against Spurs, 5am kickoff. All those games available to listen to across the SEN network and on the SEN app. We're off to a quick break. On the other side of it, we will talk the women's game with Raleigh Dobson. <laughs> 